Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And we're live. Oh, I was like... Who's going to talk Who's going to say it? <laughs> I was like, do I talk? Does he talk? Are we both going to talk? Who's going to talk? How are you, Hayden? I've been... I, I'm good, mate. I've actually been testing um, oh, God. the mic situation a little bit. And I I, I just had a little, uh, a little couple of goes of my own just to see how it sounds. Mm-hmm. And I think what I think... There's two things. Number one, I don't have that muffler, muffler thing on it. Yeah, I don't know what so it does. I don't know... Yeah, I don't know if that has any impact. But secondly, I have always spoke quite far away from it. So I'm actively moving closer to it today. So yeah, you, you listeners how- will have to let us know. Yeah. Well, you see how close I, I always notice when I listen to them back when they first get sent from Andy. And I'm always like, we've got the same mic. Why do I sound so much clearer than Aiden? Like, there's no reason. I'm like, they're plugged into the same thing. But I am close, mate. Yeah. Like, my mouth is very... I'm basically... Very intimate with my microphone. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got it positioned very well at the moment. So as you can see, I'm just looking down. <laughs> so, I mean, we need to start getting these on YouTube. We said this. For those of you that, uh, none of you actually, I was going to say, for those of you you can see, none of you can see, uh, I decided to put a background on my Zoom. So I'm actually feel like I'm sitting in Barbados currently. Um, I feel a little bit warm, you know. I feel like the sun's on my back. Maybe it's just so me. So I think... I think what we really need to do is address the elephant in the room and what everyone is probably thinking and wants to know is, you know, what happened with the league? Like, did you, did oh, you yeah. guys win the league? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm so sorry that we have, I mean, yeah, we've just kept it a bit secret from you guys, didn't we? I know you're, you, I've, I've received texts, emails, phone calls, like guys, what happened? Mate, it's, in, it's insane. Like the, the amount of people that has like slid into my DMs, they all that's all they want to know. They want yeah. to forget the nutrition stuff. Yeah. It's like, what happened to the football? And you've made me bring it up. And uh, it's not a big deal, but we won the league. Yeah, we did. We did. In true, awful fashion. We went 2-0 down and we thought we'd screwed it. Um, there was a lot of swear words at half time. Uh did both of us come off? No, I come off at half time. Then you come off because your leg after. And we managed to then pull it back 3 2. And all the celebrations happened. Side note um, we didn't go 3 2 because we both came off. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to win that regardless. Yeah, it was already in the bag, obviously, before we come off. Um, just to note, uh, anyone else listen to this who wants to make some funny comments? Um, so yeah we are official league winners we're going to get a trophy we're going to get some medals um, I'm pretty excited I haven't had I don't, actually to be fair mate I think I won that top goal scorer I don't know I'm not going to blow my throne pit but I won the top goal scorer probably like five <laughs> years in a row four years in a row five years in a row I never ever got the trophy home ever <laughs> no there's no trophies don't come trophies home trophies don't come home from football ceremonies they get broken they get lost due to intoxication and I've lost my trophy every single year and it's never well, made it home. 
so it's it's a bit of a the majority of you or probably all of you don't know who are who will be talking about but there's a there's a thing that is kind of like an ongoing joke that, that started by an accident and uh so our friend Jake like now for the last 3 years running any trophy that he ever gets I snap like it's just <laughs> it's like an ongoing thing that we do um and it all started by an accident like I can't remember how it happened but then from there it's they've been chucked out of windows like all sorts I don't know <laughs> who actually takes them home we get these nice trophies and they they get broken <laughs> N- never come back but this is one of those uh and pulling this back to nutrition related and it's i just wanted to start off the podcast this isn't actually a topic that we'll be going over today but this weekend was 100 percent one of those uh events where you know you can't you don't really know what's going to happen and from a calorie perspective like i i can't even tell you like all calories are completely blown out of the water mm through alcohol on Saturday. I have no idea the amount I consume. Like there was a ridiculous amount of shots going on, but it's just one of those things where it's like, we won the league. Like I, I, I honestly don't care yeah. what my calories doing for that one given day. It's fine. Move on next day, just straight back to some normal routine. Exactly. And do you want to know what's even better? So I straight back to normal routine on Tuesday. I was like, right, I had two weeks of a diet break. Like, I wasn't really tracking. I was just being aware of my calories in my head, just enjoying it. You know, had a few social events, football. Right, Tuesday, I was like, right, I'm back on it. <clears throat> back on track of my calories. From Tuesday to, to, to today, uh, I'm down. <clears throat> I'm down just over four pounds already. Yeah, I could imagine an awful lot <laughs> All of, of the alcohol and water carbs. attention. <laughs> it's, there's nothing better though when you step on. And I was like, bloody, that's, that's two kilos down. That's four pounds down in like four days. I was like, Psh, I'm killing it. And I know that like in a couple of days, it's just going to slow down. Level out. <laughs> like, Damn it. But so today's set. What is, yeah, no, go on. What is what is today's topic, right? Well, team, what are we going uh, over? I wish, right, we need to get sound effects. Uh, I'm going to, Andy, it, I'm going to tell Andy, nice Andy. Andy, you're going to put a drum roll in in three, two, one. Drum roll, please. And the topic today is TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. If you don't actually put a drum roll in, Andy, I'm going to be pretty upset because uh, I'm just going to look like an idiot. Look like an idiot. I, sh- I should have banged my hands, man. I should have made like a... A fake one. Um, so today we're going to talk about total daily energy expenditure. And there are four points, so we'll just talk about two each. Um, the reason that we're going to talk about that is simply one reason. is because I think a lot of people get confused about how we burn calories, especially when it comes to weight loss. They assume, you know, we always say, oh, you just got to eat less calories than you burn. And everyone thinks, okay, cool, burn calories. We only be, we burn calories through exercise. Well, actually, the truth is we don't just burn calories through exercise. There's actually four main ways that we burn calories through exercise. And we're going to cover them today and basically tell you, how do we burn calories? What are some of the things that add up to our total daily energy expenditure that are what we kind of burn throughout the day? And actually, this big number, your TDEE, as it's known as, this is what you need to be consuming less than, not just your calories that you burn through your Fitbit, Apple Watch, and whatever else, because they are only a very small part of the picture. Yeah, it's one of those ones as well where, like, I think 
the amount of people that I've explained this to and when we've been going through like onboarding processes with clients or like check-ins and you've given them like this clarity of the information we're going to give you today, mm-hmm. it does make your life so much easier and it almost gives you more autonomy to be able to continue your journey mm. um, and not actually feel guilty for maybe skipping workouts or yeah. all of the other things that we're going to speak about today. Yeah, man. So doesn't really matter who starts, but... Hayden, we're going to start off. We're going to start off with the first one. We're going to start off with BMR. Okay. So essentially your BMR is like all of the calories that your body um, basically like needs to survive. Like it's the amount of calories that you need for like your organs to uh, work, you know, all of the essentials basically you need. And if you were to lie in bed and do absolutely nothing all day, that's still like the rough amount of calories that you would burn Mm. per day, which is your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. But obviously, there's not, well, I'm not going to say obviously, probably 99% (laughs) of us in the world are, are not going to just lie in bed all day. So even when you have a super lazy day, like maybe you're like, like, uh, me on uh, Sunday, like super hungover, don't really move oh, an awful lot. Goodness gracious, I can relate. I was not far yeah. off there. <laughs> you will still be walking to the fridge, to the shower, to the toilet. Like you'll still be moving and you are still burning calories doing that. Mm-hmm. So your BMR is literally the amount of calories that you will burn at rest doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But of course, like I said, we don't do that. Yeah. And it's equated to 70%. So actually 70% of your daily calorie burn comes from just being alive, being you, Um, which is really important to note because it's not just your exercise. Actually just being you and being alive, keeping you alive costs energy. You are a living being. Therefore, to do all the processes in your body from breathing to keeping you alive to doing all the different things that happen, it requires energy. It's like having a remote control car. It requires energy to run. You are, I didn't know if you were crossing your face at that analogy. Uh, you are, no, screen. you are, um, you need batteries, you know, you need energy to um, run. And go on. I think, so I just wanted to interject there and say like, this is another thing because most people think that burning calories starts the moment you wake up. But you've got to understand like if we're talking day by day, like, you're like, say you're waking up at seven o'clock in the morning, like you would have burned a lot of calories between 12 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So the moment it strikes the next day, all the way through to like seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. like there's a huge component of calories that you have just been burnt. You've burnt in your sleep. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I, I'm pretty sure, not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that you burn, like think about it. Like you, you don't just lie there and sleep. No one lies there like a log. You're moving. You're still breathing. You wake up, you fidget, you go back to sleep again. And I'm pretty sure you burn more calories when you sleep as well, if you dream. So when you're dreaming, because there's more brain activity when you're dreaming. And I'm pretty sure it's not, you're talking like a couple of calories, but you still do. Um, well, logically, I, I, I imagine so, because your heart rate increases. Yeah. So when you are at those different parts, you're burning calories as well. And this is what you've got to think about is that you obviously are an energy needing human being, but there are ways, and this is what I kind of want to talk about going into these, these kind of different points of it is there are ways that this changes. So for 
everyone, you know, you can increase your BMR, not by loads, but by weight training. If you weight train, you increase your muscle mass, which therefore is energy. What's the word I'm looking for? It's energy needing stuff. <laughs> the most scientific explanation in the world. Um, no, well, muscle is, gentlemen. that's the word. So actually, that's the layman's term. The real word is muscle is metabolically active tissue. That's the saying I was looking for there. Um, active stuff. Uh, metabolically active tissue, which basically means that to move muscles, it needs energy. The more muscle you have, the more energy it takes. You know, you walk 10,000 steps, and you don't train, you walk 10,000 steps and you do train, you're going to burn more calories. We're not talking loads, obviously. You know, we're probably talking like 40 to 70 um, if you do train decently, as it were, and you build some muscle. But nonetheless, you can still increase your metabolic rate. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. And it's the, uh, this... Again, this, there's so many uh, places that we can go with this as well. It's because, you know, the... Um, as you naturally like go on this fat loss journey and you become a smaller human being, mm -hmm. like your BMR also reduces the amount of calories you what you once needed when you were like 200 pounds yeah. to now when you are 180 pounds is going to be less. So your BMR will slightly reduce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go on. Like I see you open. I was going to say, should we, should we go into the, to the next point? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, and don't forget, for those of you out there, you actually get a natural BMR increase in your menstrual cycle as well, as we all know. During that luteal phase, you increase your BMR increases by one to 300 additional calories. So what you're going to notice is you even sometimes burn more. And this is why we say to our clients, you know, you don't have to just have the same calories. You know, if you suffer with really bad cravings, like for one of my recent clients, I was talking to her yesterday, and for the three first three days of her mensus, literally like clockwork, it's not even her luteal, it's literally in her follicular, first three days, her cravings and hunger goes up to like 10. So we literally, first thing I was like, right, cool, we can, we've got enough data now to make relatively think that it's the first three days was when we struggle with our hunger and it literally just dissipates out of nowhere. So now we know that during those three days, we're not going to diet. Like we're literally going to bring her calories up to maintenance, potentially giving her an extra 200 calories more if needed. Yes, it's going to reduce the calorie deficit for that week, but ultimately what's it going to do? Improve her adherence. So remember that your BMR also isn't stationary. You can increase it. Obviously it naturally gets increased throughout the month, but you can also then build muscle and look to increase it in that way as well. Yeah, if you uh, if you've obviously skipped through a load of podcasts or you're a new uh, listener, go back to the um, female physiology episode where we kind of talk in depth about what Ryan like mentioned there about. <laughs> it looked like you just pulled that water out of the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm just sipping. Like when you were talking before, I was just cracking up because I was just looking at the waves and like the the palm trees. Move. It's a video, isn't it? It's so cool, oh, guys. You got to see this. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, if you go back to the female, um, fat, the, what was it? The female fat loss physiology or something, whatever we named it. Um, it's one of the first episodes. First I think it's the second episode we did. And, yeah, um, cause I think the first one we did was the introduction of us. And then the second one was the, um, female fat loss optimization one. And we talk about that in depth when there is certain, um, phases through the month where you do actually burn additional ha uh, additional calories um, because of various reasons, increasing testosterone, body temperature going up, those kind of things. So Boom. you then have, um, so 
like Ryan said, 70% of your total calories burnt per day is from your BMR. And guess what? You cannot control that, really. Like to a day-to-day standpoint, you can't really control that. So the majority of your calories are burnt in your BMR that is something out of your control. But then we move into a next phase of something called NEAT. Now, NEAT stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. And what that basically means is everything that you do outside of exercise. So walking, fidgeting, ironing, cooking, uh, going to the toilet, whatever it is, that all contributes towards your NEAT. Now, your NEAT typically makes up, and again, it's going to vary, typically about 15% of your total calories burnt per day. But again, if if you've got like a very, very active job, like maybe like a postman or something like that, then it can push up towards more of like the 20% mark. Mm. But again, it, it's, it is going to fluctuate um, from individual to individual. Yeah. But for the majority of us, we're going to stick to the um, 15% mark. Yeah, man. Now, Postman Pat, he's got a lot of neat. He has got a lot of he's neat. He's got a lot of neat, that dude. So knowing that the... And this is something that you can control, team. You all have the ability to control your NEAT Mm -hmm. because you can actively decide how much you walk walk a day. Yes, you may have an office job, but you can actually increase your NEAT. You can bring it up or down. So knowing that the second most um, calorically burnt phase is your NEAT and that's within your control and that's stuff outside of exercise this is why most coaches and everyone online is such a huge or such huge advocates of people getting their steps in, mm-hmm. doing the 10,000 steps a day, being more active through day to day and not necessarily mm. just exercise. But this is where we fall short because most people logically think that I had a super sweaty gym session. I feel like I've burned hundreds of calories and it warrants me not having to be active throughout the day. Now, we can all say that we have fallen victim to this at some point in our life, where we feel like by having the most sweaty session in the world and absolutely trashing our body on the treadmill or whatever cardio um, equipment there is out there, that that is going to determine our fat loss success. But in reality, that's such a small component of your total daily calories burned. We'll get into that in a second. Mm. So knowing this information that we've just given you here, where do you think logically is a good place to put your focus to help progress towards your fat loss goals? Well, sit-ups. <laughs> unfortunately, not sit-ups. Don't do that. It's increasing your need, being more active through day to day, finding pockets in your day where you can increase your mm-hmm. steps. If you're fortunate enough to live close to work, if you're back at work, whatever it is, and you can walk, then do that. It's only going to contribute towards your fat loss um, goals. Or if you have the um, opportunity on a lunch break to go on an hour walk, do that. You want to try and be as active in your, uh, as, as much in your day as you possibly can. Yeah, man. Yeah, neat. It's, it's, it's literally one of the most, and I did a post on it today. If you haven't seen it, head to my Instagram. And I did a little kind of like carousel on it. And it's such an underrated tool that's so, so, so valuable because it's not hard to go for a walk. It helps reduce stress. 
If you manage stress, you manage your emotions, which manages your actions around food. Most of us, when we emotionally eat, is because we are stressed and we act emotionally. So it's going to help with that. It helps your mental health. But also, unlike exercise, it doesn't need much structure. It doesn't need recovery. So you don't have to like recover from it. You haven't got to plan it in. It doesn't. <clears throat> and it actually, Wilson, doesn't. It actually then helps with recovery because, you know, you have a heavy session in the gym, and you're a bit achy, go for a walk. Active recovery is going to get the blood flow. It's going to help increase and speed up your recovery. So it has such a multitude of different benefits. And it's also burns a lot of calories. And it's not only going for structured walks. It's things like taking the stairs instead of the elevator, parking further away. My, I always park so far away from, from the shops. Um, and then it's such a simple, basic thing, you know, like when I come into the, into the office, like I, I, I always, when I first get in, I walk up the first, I walk up those four, four, blah, 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 four floors. Um, just because I'm like, Oh, I might be sitting down a lot. So I'll walk up down the stairs. It's so simple. It literally takes me <clears throat> two minutes. Yeah. I'm like, this is just helping. And this is why also it's so important as well is because it therefore is an, ability something so it has something then has an ability to try and maintain as many variables consistently um i don't think i said that very well but basically what i'm saying is that if you set yourself a step target one it makes sure that you can kind of like make sure that you're burning the relative amount of calories consistently rather than the calorie burn being up and down all over the place it's like if you set yourself a step target that gets you moving a little bit more than just naturally you're then able to burn more calories. It actually then keeps things consistent because one of the metabolic adaptations that happen is we start to get lethargic and slow down. So we start to move less. Your body will slow you down and not want you to go for walks. I've seen it when clients have literally dropped like two, 3,000 steps per day on average when they've got into the deeper depths of dieting and further down the line. So having yourself set like a 10,000, 12,000, 14, whatever, a step target rel relative to you is very, very useful for helping overcome plateaus and all the other benefits that we've said. And just as a side note on this one, 10,000 steps isn't special. It's just a number. Everyone's steps are completely different. Mine and Hayden's are completely different. I hit 5,000. I'm a tramp. I'm a tramp. Champ. Ah, tramp. <laughs> I'm a tramp. <laughs> I'm a tramp. Uh, I'm a champ. You know, 5,000 is a lot for me. I have to go out on a walk to hit 5,000. Whereas, because Hayden walks to and from the office, Hayden will easily hit 15,000 steps most days, if not probably more, arguably. Um, but that's the difference in in two people. So don't just be like, yeah, cool. I easy hit my 10,000. Well, if you easy hit your 10,000, I'd argue that that's not a relative step count. Like you want to have a step count that makes you have to work for it a little bit. You know, some days you're like, oh damn, I'm gonna have to go for a walk, another walk. You know what I mean? Like just, to, it, it needs to be, I think a relatively little bit challenging rather than something that you just hit without much thought. Yeah. And also like just touching upon what Ryan was saying about the, um, the steps itself, like it's very, very, very low intensity. And if you're someone like me, if I increase my intensity, whether like a Saturday, prime example, like football match, game day for me, my hunger is the highest it is mm. post work, um, post session, post game than any other day in the week because my intensity has gone through the roof. I'm literally doing like stop, start sprinting. Like yeah. I'm covering probably about 10k across the football pitch if it's me maybe maybe like 20k <laughs> i was like mm, really <laughs> um but I, i'm covering a lot of ground and like my intensity is high so i have a huge like knowing that the intensity is so high 
it actually has an effect on my hunger levels. It actually increases it. Whereas steps is an amazing way to still keep the calorie burn high. You could go on a 10K um, walk and the intensity is very, very low. And the chances are your actual hunger is going to be very, very low. So if you're someone that's affected by um, your workouts and the higher intensity and having more hunger cravings, well, that's only going to have an effect on your adherence to sticking to your calories, your calorie deficit. Yeah. Whereas if you can place focus into your steps and getting your steps high without having the increased intensity, then adhering to your calorie deficit and still burning a load of calories is going to be far, far, far easier. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a, and I think all of these points are so valuable because it's all about placing your focus on the right areas. Like so many people place their focus on the area of uh, exercise. And it's like, yes, exercise. Like everyone should exercise. There's a multitude of different benefits from resistance training, cardio training for all things. But it's like, everyone just overlooks neat. Like everyone overlooks the power of going for a walk. That's why that was why during cartel, the whole knee up 24 seven got so powerful was because people started to do that and people were losing like a lot of weight. Like they were making some small nutrition, but people started like walking loads. Like he started setting challenges. People started walking a ton and people were like, man, I'm, I'm losing weight. And then people started hashtagging it. And it's like, there's so much power in going for walks. Like, don't underestimate that. People think because you're not getting sweaty, exactly like Hayden said, that it's, it's completely pointless, but it's so not. It's one of the easiest things you can do. Like, it's not hard to put some headphones in and go rocking and rolling on a walk for half hour. Like, simple. And as, as, yeah. as we always say, it's like, oh, but what if it's raining? That's why the world made coats. Get an umbrella. Or get an umbrella, yes. Very true. Yeah, it's, it's, I think there's so many, and we've spoken about this on coaching calls before where like going back years and years and years ago where I, you know, I, I kind of understood the whole concept of neat more. And I understood like, you know, if the, the more I can get my steps up and the more I can move more. And this is mm. before it kind of even like really came like a big thing about 10K steps. The, the further it's going to help me along with my fat loss journey. Mm. But what actually started to happen is you get like the original reason for me doing it was an external reason for um, like aesthetic reasons. Mm -hmm. But I actually started to find so many areas in my life of how it became more like have an internal relevance. Like I started to notice when I actually was actively moving more, I started doing my steps. I was in better moods. I started to actually like, um, start stacking my steps with other like habits of like listening to podcasts, edu um, further educating myself on other topics and stuff like that. And then it all of a sudden come, became this thing where it was no longer about walking for fat loss. Mm. It was walking for health benefits because I noticed I felt so much better. Yeah. It was a chance for me to learn. It was a chance for me to have a bit of me time. Like all of these things started to stack up. And that's why now so many years after I originally started walking, it's still a huge component of my life. And I can literally do it wherever I go in the world, like anywhere in the world, like no one can stop me from walking. Like, yes, like I said, there's things that jobs will slow it down, but you ultimately have the choice to go out and move as much as you like. Like, even if you have kids and stuff, like, you know, you, it's going to be harder to find the times to get the steps in, but you can prioritize steps however mm. you like like it's up to you like if you wanted to and if you have well, uh, like a partner in the house or something like you could just go out late into the evening it's uh, it's it is 
something we have in our control. Apart from if you're like in a kayak on a river. <laughs> just, just you could <laughs> you could hold on to the kayak Shut up. and then like <laughs> mimic walking. You could stand up in the kayak and you could static walk. You could walk on the spot. Game changer. Who'd have thought it? So and it's such a good point. It is like you can do it anywhere. Like steps should never be an issue. Um, you can always go for walks wherever you are. Um, and that's what I'd argue is one of the reasons of how many of us go away on holiday and go to these like <clears throat> extravagant places and eat a lot of food and drink a lot of beer. And quite often we don't put on weight. And that is literally because you're like, that's because my steps, like when I go away to like South of France, for example, like I eat and drink beer and just literally live that high life. But we're walking around all the time, going to like markets and seeing chateaus and all this stuff. You didn't know what chateau means. It means castle. Don't worry about it. And uh, you, I was doing like 22,000 steps. May I never do 20,000, 22,000 steps back here in the UK. Like no chance. Unless I went for like some proper two hour long walks. So you got to notice that like environment changes, but also that, you can obviously have that as yeah it's always in your control i like that it's a powerful one cool so the next one ryan what do we have the next one mr hayden rolf uh so how how we're doing this okay. is in order of the most <laughs> the most amount of calories burnt and then working down to like the lowest so it's really like it's annoying that we don't have like like i said the the uh, video version of this or anything because what I'd ideally like is to have a picture that you can all see but imagine it's like imagine you've got a battery standing up like a big didn't you put battery. a post up the other day on it uh, maybe um, yeah, you did but, you robbed it from me <laughs> oh the one that had the spelling mistake yeah anyway there's still a post <laughs> if you want to actually see a visual representation if you go to Hayden's page you actually can see a visual representation of this in a pie chart form and that will give you a visual representation of how it's broken down into different segments of your total daily energy expenditure yeah so uh, you've had the start just to recap you've got your BMR which is the amount of calories burned at rest that's the biggest <clears> component <throat> then you have your NEAT your non-exercise um, activity thermogenesis which is about 15% so you've had your 70%, 15%, and then Ryan, what's next? Your thermic effect of food, which is your T-E-F. So your thermic effect of food is how many calories you burn simply through digesting your food. Because obviously, we don't just eat food and it just automatically gets digested. Your body has muscle contractions that push the bolus of food through your body, obviously then releases stomach acid, turns it up, moves it through your small intestine, large intestine, that all needs energy. Like everything needs energy and then needs energy to once it's been broken down into kind of macronutrient form, it then needs to be transported. All this needs energy <clears throat> and different types of foods need different amounts of energy. So those of you that have obviously followed us for a long time know that the highest amount of um, thermic energy that's needed is protein. Protein is the hardest to break down and therefore costs us the most amount of energy when we consume it. Say you consume 300 calories of protein, up to, I want to say 30%. Might be wrong though. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. Some, so anyway, the, the fact is if you consume 300 calories of protein, you might use 30 of those calories of it just through digestion. Whereas fat and carbs, you will only use 10 calories, for example. So you actually just burn calories by eating more protein. That's why we always say that having a high protein diet, not only for satiety, muscle retention as well, there's actually the benefit of you actually burn more calories just through ingesting protein because it's harder for the body to break down, which is why when we ingest things such as processed food, they don't have so much higher 
high as a thermic effects of food because they are easily digestible carbohydrates mixed with some fats um, and they're very quick and easy for the body to break down so it doesn't cause the body to need to use as much energy to get the valuable nutrition out of it but that's actually worth 10% as well so you think you have a good nutritional intake of good amount of protein you know at least 30 grams of fiber per day you're gonna be giving yourself the most chance at kind of burning the most amount of calories through other aspects instead of just focusing on your exercise which as you're probably realizing now is actually the smallest one so make sure you get protein you know, 1.2 to 1.6 grams per kilo is a good start. Um, and fiber, always aiming for 25 to 30 grams is going to be kind of like the recommended um, amounts. And you'll therefore be burning calories just by eating. And also, we should be chewing our food like 30 times per mouthful. You're burning calories if you chew food properly as well. Have you ever tried that though? Yeah, it's awful. It's it's like ridiculous. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. Like I think I get kicked out of most restaurants because they'll be like, mate, you've been in there half an hour and you've eaten one slice of pizza. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna close soon. Um, so like a really easy way to think about it is um let's say you've got uh two items of food. One item of food is a chicken breast, and this chicken breast like is we're just gonna say uh 200 calories for argument's sake. And you've got a chocolate brownie. Of course, the chocolate brownie tastes so much nicer. Mm. But this chocolate brownie is also 200 calories. The, this is an easy way to uh, explain the thermic effect feeding. Through the digestion process of you eating that 200 calorie chicken breast, you may burn like, up to 60 calories just like digesting the chicken breast, like going through that process. Whereas for the chocolate brownie, you might only actually burn like five to 10 calories. So the net calories are so much lower in the chicken breast, even though at the beginning, yes, both the foods were 200 calories, after the whole digestion process and thermic effect feeding, the chicken breast is a lot, lot less calories. And mm. this is where it comes down to of like the whole, if it fits your macros like style thing, like, yes, of course, like a food is not a food at the same, uh, like, to the same degree, like mm. 100 calories of chicken breast and 100 calories of broccoli, of course, aren't to the same effect. Like, it's going to be different. Yeah. But arguably, now it's like, oh, yeah, that's why, you know, if it fits your macros, it's like, if it just fits in, it's fine. Well, arguably, if you are hitting your macros, you're still getting adequate protein in, the thermic effect of food would be the same, whether it's some high quality chicken breast or, or just like a shed ton of protein bars, for example. Yeah, yeah. What's the... um? Oh, it's the flexible dieting. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, fle flexible dieting, and, I guess, is the coin term. It's, yeah, it's, it, you've, you've just got to kind of think, I think, think logically about it. You know, food quality matters. And this is one of the reasons as to why it matters and why we say 80 to 20, because the 20% soul foods are always going to be a good thing to have in. You want them in your nutrition because they're going to ultimately give you that adherence factor and make you not feel restricted. But you've also got to be realistic. Like I always say, dieting doesn't have to come with restriction, but it does have to come with restraint. You can't go mm -hmm. nailing a Domino's every single day and still lose weight. It's not going to be possible. Um, so you do have to be kind of realistic with your expectations and, and what you can and can't kind of like get away with in the real world. Um, for example, I was going to say something else and I've completely forgot, but... We'll move on. Well, if, yeah, if it comes back to it. Well, so 
This is the maddest thing, right? This is this is why it's crazy because this typically does again, and it's going to vary slightly. But you're typically looking at ten percent of your total calories burnt per day coming from the thermic effect of feeding, and then you've got the last component. Oh, I've remembered. Do you want to say it now? Well, yeah. So it's, it's a fun fact. So obviously, you know that we're talking about chewing our food. So like, we always say chewing your food properly because if you chew your food properly, it's easier for the body to then get all of the nutrients out of it basically but also because then it allows your body to actually register what's happening you know we release uh amylase in the mouth in the saliva mm -hmm. which breaks down carbohydrates yeah. damn does good memory man so we release amylase in the saliva which breaks down carbohydrates so not only does digestion start like in the mouth so if you swallow it you're not giving the mouth time and the saliva to actually start to break down some of the carbohydrates and do its job in the mouth so there's obviously the argument for chewing your food properly so you get all the nutrition but you also allow your digestive system to do its job and you make it easier for further down your digestive line per se to not have such a harder time but did you know that if you actually eat fast you actually intake less calories because you don't allow your body to break it down and it's harder to get everything out of it but then you have a lot more waste not necessarily actually waste it's just that your body doesn't manage to absorb and get out of the food that you've eaten as much nutrition which ironically is a bit like a mm. but either way that was just like a fun fact so chew your food properly don't be a dingbat yeah it always makes me laugh when people, don't try and like um, swallow a whole avocado because you think it's not going to get digested <laughs> well no like the classic is isn't it like I've heard so many people like say to me like the reason why like we we always like to when we're speaking to people like we like to bring awareness to the to the table don't we like we always want to try and get the person to identify what they think their struggle is and i've had so many times where people like the reason that i struggle to lose weight is because i'm allergic to food like there's certain foods that i can't or i can't be i can't eat and that's stopping me from losing body fat and i'm like so mm -hmm. you're telling me that now your body doesn't process the food, like it actively doesn't digest it. So you're not actually consuming the nutrients. You're not actually, essentially like the calories aren't really being absorbed and you're not losing weight. Like it doesn't make sense what you're saying, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, back to what we were saying. So this is the craziest thing because this thermic effect feeding is like literally roughly about 10% of your total calories burnt per day. And then the final component is your exercise, your eat, exercise, eat. activity, thermogenesis. And this typically makes up, and again, it does vary. If you are an elite level, level athlete, you are a football player, a professional rugby player, like a, like a sportsman, your trade is a sportsman or woman. Your, um, your thermic effect is, your thermic effects, your exercise um, amount of calories burnt through exercise is obviously going to be much, much, much higher. But for the average person, for the majority of us, exercise typically makes up 5% of our total calories burnt per day. Like you're looking really at a max about 5 to 7% for like the average person again like i said if you're a high level athlete it's going to be higher but for the majority of us it's five percent mm. and so many so that's gone i was just gonna say so that's like literally so minute five percent of your total calories burnt per day is through your exercise so think about all of those times where you feel like if you skip a workout you're affecting your progress and you're not going to lose body fat it's not the case at all. Mm. And this is why it's almost like the lowest 
it's again, there's a multitude of health benefits. Like Ryan said, like there's so many benefits to exercising. And I'm not saying you don't need to be placing mm. a focus on it. I'm saying don't place all of yeah. your focus on it. It's also how you label it. Don't, don't exercise to lose weight. Mm. Train, and don't call it exercise, call it training. I think exercise is like, I'm going to do some exercise to lose weight. Like, I don't say I'm going to do exercise, so I'm going to train because it's got a specific purpose. You don't want to exercise or train to lose weight. You want to train to build muscle, get stronger, improve your cardiovascular system, reduce your risk of CVD diseases, reduce your risk of osteoporosis, X, Y, Z. Like they're the reasons that you want to train. They will then have as a byproduct an effect on your weight loss. Yeah, but there's no exercise or anything you can do in the gym that is going to directly cause you to lose weight. Like all of these things just have a positive impact on the potential. You know, you train, you get stronger, you build muscle, your BMR is going to go up. You train and you get fitter where your risk of CVD is going to go down. Yes, you're going to burn calories, but the main effect that you're going to get from that is the mental health benefits and the physical benefits of being fitter. It's like train for a purpose. Don't train to lose weight. Train to gain muscle and be the healthiest individual you can. Let your nutrition do your weight loss and let your training do your health and your future kind of like endeavors as it were. And that way it's then, because otherwise, you know, we're not going to lose weight forever. So if you're going to the gym to, to lose weight, once you've lost the weight, in theory, your body's, you know, your mind's going to say, well, why am I still continuing to go to the gym? Because I was only doing it for this purpose, like to lose the weight. Now I've lost the weight. Well, what's the point of going to the gym? And it's like, well, you should all go to the gym. We should still be going to the gym. We're 70, 80 years old, if we can, to keep ourselves moving the mobility to offset all these kind of like aging effects that happened. You know, we lose muscle mass as we get older, especially during menopause and things. So it's like, we want to be exercising for future proofing and for current proofing, not for weight loss, because there is no specific exercise for weight loss. The best exercise is a calorie deficit. Boom. Yeah, that's perfect. And so like this was literally the moment where it was one of those light bulb moments for me when I was like, oh my God, like I feel like I've had a moment of clarity here and I feel like I no longer need to be so obsessive, completely neurotic over my exercise and stuff like that. When I started to realize this concept, because I was like, hang on, okay. So your TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure, and by the way, it's like when you put all your metrics into like a calorie calculator or whatever it is, it gives you your BMR and then it asks it to times it by an activity multiplier. Mm -hmm. Once you times it by that activity multiplier, that is your TDEE, your rough TDEE. But obviously for you to lose body fat, you have to eat under that number. So typically we say, look, go to go start off with a 20% deficit. So your TDE number, go for a 20% deficit. So take 20% away from that calories, and that's your starting calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. And guess what? For me, this is when I realized this, and I was like, oh my God, like I don't need to be obsessive over workouts anymore. Because guess what? If you have a day where you wake up and you don't feel like going to the gym. You just feel super drained. Maybe you've have a, had a long day previously. You just don't feel like you want to exercise. And you don't train that day. Your deficit has just gone from 20% to 15%. And that 15% is still a calorie deficit. Yeah. And it's still a pretty big mm. calorie deficit. And you will 100% lose body fat being in a 15% calorie deficit yeah. you will lose body fat being in a five percent calorie deficit because you're in a calorie right. deficit and just think about what we told you you don't want to train and you can't be bothered to train can you go for a 10 minute walk 
you're then going to increase that those calories burnt per day. And just remember as a final point as well, your Fitbit, your Apple Watches, all those things, they can be up to 40% inaccurate. Loads of people are like, but my, my Apple Watch had about 700 calories. No one cares. Like, I'm going to give it a yeah. tell No one cares. Like, it literally doesn't matter what that watch says because it's not accurate. The heart rate isn't too bad, but that calories burnt, you don't need to know that. When you multiply your BMR by an activity number, when you use a calorie calculator, that is taken into consideration your movement throughout the day, how active you are in your job with your knee and your eat, your exercise and your non-exercise. So it doesn't matter how many calories your watch says because no one cares and it's just completely irrelevant. Yeah, it's, this, is, this is the thing as well, because even with like calorie counters and stuff like that, they are best starting points. Yeah. They are best guess estimates. Don't take it mm. for like uh, gospel. Like Unless you're going to do a own- Douglas bag at uni like I did or sit in like a bod pod and things like that, you're never going to know <laughs> unless you jump into like million pound machines as to really how many calories you burn. Yeah, the, the best way you can do is by tracking your progress. And this is why we always say it, because even for myself, like, and I know this through tracking my own data, if I put in the amount of steps that I do, the amount of times I exercise a week, like I, I put all of this into a calculator, it says that my maintenance level, so the amount of calories I need to just maintain my weight is 3,200. I know through trial and error of myself, if I eat 3,200 calories, I will gain body fat because I, it's, I 100% like mm. I know it's much, much lower than that. For me, it's around about 2.8. And that's the only know that through tracking consistently through a long period of time of knowing where about that sits. Yeah. So 2,800 and think that's a big like, we're talking like 400 calorie difference there. So don't always just take exactly what the calculation calculation says um as like the golden rule like as always put your own uh science lab coat on and become your own best personal scientist you can and make sure you start tracking your own your own data love that and that ladies and gentlemen is your total daily energy expenditure podcast cool i've done and i hope this is valuable and i think it should be and i really think it's going to kind of open a lot of eyes as to where we want, you know, where you want to be placing your focus and actually, again, myth busting. Everyone focuses on exercise and is like, no, nah, I've got to train. I've got to break up so much of a s- sweat that I can go home dripping and I'm going to like sweat is fat. That's a worse saying. I hate it. Sweat is fat crying. Shut up. Is it? No, it's not. Have a <laughs> laugh. Come on now. Pull yourself together, Tracy. Let's do it. So it's, yeah, If the, the one thing that I really want you to take away as well is like, think about all of like, uh, think about it, like I said, in terms of like, where the biggest percentage of calories are burnt, work along the list, like your BMR, you can barely change that from a day-to-day basis, but then you go up the next step, NEAT is the biggest component. Ask yourself the questions, are you moving regularly? Are you, can you get your steps up? If you're sitting there thinking, oh, actually, like, I'm completely inactive. I do an officer's job. I don't walk at all. I don't work, walk before work. I don't walk at lunch. I don't walk after. I literally wake up, get into my car, get mm. to work, get home, go to bed. That's the first place you want to start thinking about. Yeah. Like thinking about increasing that. Of course, I, we're talking once you've, you know what your calorie deficit is and all of that stuff. But 
That's the first place you want to start looking and then just work down that list. Okay. Right. Game, set, match. Should we wrap this party up? Yeah, man. Well, it's been emotional. Uh, from me and Barbados, goodbye. From me and Brighton, <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Ciao, ciao. See ya.